0: Welcome to Liberty in America, Past, Present, and Future, with Dr. Bill Choby. Doc is a historian and a reenactor. On this show, you'll hear his thoughts about our personal liberties from their earliest recorded beginnings. You'll also be transported back to the 1750s to relive the life of Colonel George Washington and his adventures during the French and Indian War. Let's get started. Here's Dr. Bill Choby. Hey, hello again. Dr. Bill Chovey, uh, speaking about Liberty in America past present and future based upon my book. This is, today is uh Liberty Lights uh episode number 10. Uh the uh the book is available at ewingspublishing.com or Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Liberty in America past present and future and it lays the foundation for some of these discussions we've had and more recently some of the events that have happened. Uh, nationally. Um, I was a little reluctant to do this one today um, because there's just so much out there uh, that's a threat to our personal liberties uh, that um, I didn't know where to start with it. Initially, I wanted to talk about Social Security and how Social Security is being threatened by this massive immigration on our southern border. Um, But well, let's let's follow through with that. You know, Social Security, uh, the trust fund, money that was put there by hardworking people and their employers, was supposed to be hands off to general spending by Congress. And it it turns out that uh, LBJ during the Vietnam War was looking for more money, and he decided to tap into the trust fund. So currently, there is nothing more than a piece of paper. It's an IOU. And the uh, funding for Social Security that out every month or every week uh, comes out of the general budget. Now, why is that a problem? Well, you know, this past week we reached a milestone of $33 trillion. Uh, back in the, the 90s when I was involved with the, my congressional campaigns, the number was $5 trillion. It's grown six times in the past 30 years. And it's all because of the uncontrolled power of the purse uh by Congress. And no one there seems to be able to say no. Well, the past five years with, uh, or three years with the Biden administration, or $5 trillion was added to the debt. Largely as a way to sort of placate people or to take away the fears of COVID. But what happens with this money? You know, $33 trillion worth of debt generates an awful lot of interest, interest that has to come out of the general budget. So the larger the debt gets, the less money it's available for well, everything else. And part of everything else is Social Security. Now, when you look at the massive influx, the invasion, if you will, of all these people coming from all over the world through our open borders, although the Biden administration insists that they're secure, we all know that that's a lie. Uh, some of the sanctuary cities like New York and Chicago and L.A. are being overrun by a lot of illegals. And it creates problems uh, for not only for our uh, federal personnel on the, the border or even our distant cities. In fact, the way they are being bussed around and flown around, uh, these people could be coming to a city near you. And it's proposed the question, like, well, what are we going to do with these people? They're here. They don't really have papers. They're not registered. They're not citizens. Um, how are they going to sustain themselves? Is it by thievery or, or what, working uh, under the table for cash? Well, they have to eat, too. And the, uh, the whole administration's uh, explanation is that, well, this is the land of the free, home of the brave, come on in, and we won't turn anybody away. Well, that, again, creates problems because these people are using our tax dollars for a variety of reasons, whether it be through uh, free health care or, or through uh, subsidies for their housing or, or the food or whatever they have. Uh, New York City is an example of how they're, they've wasted You know, multi tens of millions of dollars supporting a a group of people that shouldn't be here, but they were a sanctuary city and they were asking for all of this. Meanwhile, people are leaving New York City in droves. But here's the clincher of all this. We know that Mr. Biden, uh, the president, does things without executive, by executive fiat, although he doesn't have the authority. The big thing was before the last uh, round of elections was that he was offering this uh, amnesty for people who have student loans. Later, he'd be struck down by the court. He did it anyhow. He got votes out of it. That's all he cared about was votes. So they'll go to any extent to get power. They really don't care whether or not this is a constitutional thing. They don't operate from a basis that there's a constitutional framework to our government. They simply want to figure out ways that they can get vote. Well, it's even if it means just bald-faced lying. And we know time and time and time again that Mr. Biden is just a pathologic liar. Now as as his mental alertness becomes even more compromised, and he does more and more dumb things and bumbling things, the question becomes who's running the White House. And I think therein lies the problem. This is really about Barack Obama's White House. His people are throughout the administration. And they've been planted there strategically in in places such as the uh, secretaries of uh, each of the agencies. Uh, He's got people on civil service, which are very difficult to remove, who share his ideology as part of his activism program to radically transform America. This is how he's done it, with the power of the government and with his people in place. So Biden's really not running the the show. This is all uh, Obama in the background through, you know, the people that he's uh, promoted or, got, or gotten onto the progressive bandwagon. So back to social security, we know that they will do whatever it takes to get the votes. Uh, we also know they'll do whatever they, they want to, as far as getting money. And because social security is just one part of the federal pie that they break up or divide up every year, it's entirely conceivable that when it comes to extending all these uh, uh, perks to all these illegals, that they start tapping into the Social Security Trust Fund. Now, how would they do this? Well, they could do it through disability uh, statements or claims, or just once they have people signed up, um, they can be off and running and having to put anything at all into it. We know that Social Security is is strictly funded by working people and their employers, and it's there's no real... Well, should be no tax dollars involved with this. That money belongs to the people who donated it. Or not, I'm sorry, contributed it. Now, I I look at my uh, lifetime earnings of Social Security. You can do it online, by the way, socialsecurity.gov. I started paying into the Social Security Trust Fund when I was 16. And I'm 72 now. And I added up all the... uh, and I've been collecting Social Security since I was 67 when I when it was eligible. I added up all the money that I contributed, and my employer contributed, which in this case was myself because I'm self-employed, all that money that I put into it. And then I looked at what I'm getting back, getting back each month. And I've calculated, and I continue to work. And as long as I continue to work, I'm going to be paying into it. And supposedly that means that, my monthly amount, my monthly checks will increase proportionally to what the extra money I put into it. The, um, the amount that you get each month is based upon the top 35 years of income that you've had throughout your life. So if my income is greater this year than it was, say when I was 16, then that this, uh, this, uh, income that I've reported my W2 is going to change the calculus of how I'm going to receive social security. And this is how it works for everybody, not just me, but, Here's the thing, when I added up all the money that I put into Social Security, and I look at what I'm getting back each month, I have to live seven years or collect seven years beyond my last day of work where I'm contributing in order to break even. And that means that that money that I've been putting in since I was 16 has been sitting there, been used by the government, and it could have been for anything, even against us, if you will. Um and never collected a penny of interest so if you th- its it's not illogical to assume that in order for me to get all my money back with interest if they ever paid it, it would be an additional several years. so the likelihood of the average person of getting all their money back from so what they've contributed to social security in a lifetime it, it doesn't exist, and this is part of the scheme that they have that keeps this thing alive. However, if suddenly by some administrative fiat without the hands of Congress involved, they decide to open the doors for Social Security to all these illegals or even a small number of these illegals. Now, whatever that trust fund obligation is, it's going to be diminished. Now, we know this is a very strong likelihood that in uh, 2032 that they're going to start reducing the amount of, of payments that they get to people, giving their money back, if you will, um, because there's not enough money in it. Well, they hadn't rated it. And if they had, they invested it in things like highways, where there's a return on the money or toll roads or bridges or whatever have you, then there would be something that would be generating some kind of interest over the years. But they never did that. They just spent it. And $33 trillion with a growing debt load, a growing interest rate or interest payment and all these demands on for social services. The likelihood of them raiding the Social Security very subtly, very tactically, hitting into the Social Security to buy votes from all these illegals that came in, it's very, very strong opportunity for them. And I doubt very much that they'd ever pass it up. So you make sure you tell Democrats, keep your hands off my Social Security. And again, we're back. What are we going to do about it? Well, we have to take our power back. And primarily, that means it's just boycott all Democrats. When I started out, I mentioned there were several things that are going on—constitutional things, the, the uh, violation of the Second Amendment to the New Mexico governor and then the New Jersey governor, saying it was above his pay grade. Uh, but there's other things that are happening that uh, that are a great threats to our liberty, not just our money. Uh, Merrit Garland, who's the Attorney General of the United States, was under the uh, on the hot seat in front of Congress this week, and he repeatedly said that there's. Uh, there's only one set of laws in this country, and then that, that everybody is subjected to those laws. Well, Mr. Garland, that's pretty clever legalese for squirming out of what you allowed to do, be done with, uh, Hunter Biden, Hunter God, excuse me, Hunter Biden. He should have been in jail from five years ago when he skipped out of a million dollars for the taxes. But conveniently, that wasn't prosecuted within the five-year statute of limitation, and he walked off. He scot got free. He ripped off the American taxpayer by about a million bucks, and Garland wouldn't do anything. Well, yeah, we have one set of laws. You know, Not paying your taxes is against the law, but if you don't prosecute people equally, then you can have all the good laws in the world, and they mean nothing. You have a double standard of prosecution. This is what has been the the, the problems that uh, I guess the threats of our liberty when we see people who are are uh, silently objecting to abortions and they're hauled off and their their homes are broken into at six o'clock in the morning by armed FBI guys with their you know AR-15s and their bulletproof vest stuff on there. That's a violation of our our basic civil rights. This is what's happening with progressive expansion of the federal government by lying, by doing whatever you want to, and until somebody says no. It's like saying it's easier to to ask for forgiveness than for permission. But the idea of pushing something by executive order uh, and knowing that it would be struck down was something that was started by FDR and he called it stonewalling, and this is one of the reasons why he wanted to have uh, the courts uh, enlarged so that he could his uh, unconstitutional actions could have been able to slip by the Supreme Court. They're doing it today, and it's not just Biden, but these these people that throughout the bureaucracy who have been basically associated with Barack Obama uh, have the same ideology of Barack Obama that we want to make this into a social uh, socialist government. <clears throat> they're doing this at so many different levels and the sad part of it is if you have a bureaucrat you know a career bureaucrat who you really can't get rid of with until through service civil service laws and they start pushing the boundaries say take let's take the epa for example when they start pushing the boundaries of where they they can cannot go uh, according to the, the description of the statute that created them then if somebody objects to it they've got a defend themselves or take them to court using their own post-tax dollars where the EPA has all the money in the world to go and fight with you. This is how it's done. Now, what needs to be done is that there, there must be a reform of civil service laws so that these guys can be fired. Currently, the heads can be impeached, but they're down the line, three and four layers from the top, these, these guys should be fired for just exceeding their authority, and they should be prosecuted under... Uh, the Civil Rights Act, Section 1983, and and the people who have been victimized by these bureaucrats need to pay with their, their own money, their private money, they should be bankrupted. They should not lose their job be bankrupted. That's the defense that we have. That's the legal remedy that we have as Americans in dealing with our uh, government, violating our civil rights. Now, there's a few notes on Barack Obama, because he's really the mastermind behind all of this. It's been disturbing to see on uh, some of the videos that have finally emerged about this man, Uh, former lovers, male lovers. He had uh, many associations uh, with other gay men. And this one particular uh, individual talked about uh, snorting cocaine and, and performing fellatio on Barack Obama multiple times. He was part of a group of people where there were some of these members in this group at this particular bar that they attended in Chicago, some of these members had ex had uh, were murdered, and nobody was ever found to be them. You know the, the murderer, and although uh, there was suspicion that Obama was involved with it, there was never anything ever done about it. So it's typical Chicago style. But there's some um, other things that have come up. that that should have been fully vetted by the media long before Obama got anywhere. And the one that's uh, particularly disturbing is his social security number. Apparently it it starts with 042. And at that time, social security numbers wherever you were uh, living in the U S would generally begin the first couple of numbers with a certain number, which, which was identifying. So the, uh, the number of of Barack Obama's was from uh, Connecticut. But we know that he lived in Hawaii. So how would he get a social security number that identified him as being from Connecticut when he was in Hawaii? Well, the explanation is that his mother worked uh, in the government and had to, uh, at some clerk level, dealing with uh, different people who had, had died there. And this man from Connecticut who had the original social security number that's used by Barack Obama, he died in Hawaii. And he had never collected any money off of social security. So it was pretty much a clean number that Barack Obama assumed, even though he wasn't in Connecticut at the time at all. That's disturbing. There are things in his birth certificate that have been shown to be forgeries. Now, this isn't, shouldn't have had to be something that private individuals had to do. This, this was an issue that the media should have looked into thoroughly. Instead of just shouting down anybody that raised these questions, they should have been vetted, Because this is, these are serious threats to the future of our republic. And there's a plan is here, as, Barama, uh, uh, as Obama often said, fundamentally transform America. This is what is unfolding. It should never have been allowed to start, but our media is complicit with this. It makes you wonder, just who do you believe? Well, the American public is waking up to this. I saw a Rasputin poll this week that showed that something like 72% of uh, likely voters believe that we are headed towards a police state. In other words, it's... The cops are going to run the show. The lawmakers are going to run the show, and they're going to tell us what to do. It's just another poll today that on a heads-up match-up between Mr. Trump and Biden that, that uh, Trump actually wins. So the tide is turning. But this, we need to understand as Americans that there's there's a plan to this. There's a grand conspiracy to this that goes back to Barack Obama, perhaps even before that this has been unfolding very steadily and quietly, uh, right under our noses. And largely because of this uh, complicit media who activists instead of journalists. Uh, they have for a long time held uh, a lot of other people believing in the big lies. Well, Abraham Lincoln once said, you can fool all the people some of the time, some of the people all the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And that's what we're coming to. Uh, The the incidence of uh, misuse of of federal powers has uh, caused people to question the DOJ, to question the integrity of the FBI, which means that there's going to have greater difficulty in uh, assisting with them on real crimes. You know, trust is something that's very hard to earn and it's very easy to lose. And once you lose it, it takes a very long time before people begin to trust again. This is what this administration and this progressive movement, Barack Obama's um, game, has been to the FBI and the DOJ to where Americans don't believe in them anymore. And with the lack of respect for these kinds of law enforcement agencies, we're seeing an explosion of crime. This is not good. This is scary stuff. I don't know where this is going to end up. I know that there's good people across the Fruited Plain who still have some moral foundations. But it's sad to see the, the, the kind of America that I grew up in, where there were absolute rights and wrongs to where now we're dealing with people who don't know whether they're a male or a female. It, it's it's hard to imagine how people could expect to have any type of quality of life or any type of longevity when they don't even know who they are or what their gender is. We see the breakup of the family. And i think that's really what this transgender stuff is about well you know the abortion clinics aren't as busy as they used to be because of pregnant women are taking the pill so that means there's fewer abortions performed means less money for the abortionists looking for other ways to get you know cash in on something like this transgender surgery transgender medication all that stuff is a one way to do it but once uh, people take that step down that road, they're, on, they're going to be using and, and buying pharmaceuticals to maintain that false state for the rest of their lives. It's a lot of money. But more importantly here is that the schools are telling the, the kids that they don't have to tell their parents that uh, they, they don't think they are who they are. Parents don't have input. And some of the people in the Department of Education actually believe that parents are incapable of uh, straining their kids up. So why would they do this? Well, It's it's pretty clear that they want to make good little rabbits out of all these kids. You know, brown shirts, like the Nazi brown shirts, get them all thinking in terms of the values that the government hold uh, or tell them to do so they can control them. Very dangerous stuff. If you start tearing families apart uh, by telling these kids not to trust their mother and dad, you really have a mess because right at the foundation of of everything of our society, all of our peace comes from uh, parents raising kids. I never thought I'd see the day of this happening. But there's a plan to it. Understand that there is a plan, and behind that plan is Barack Obama, and behind him are some powerful forces. Uh, that are uh, pushing these ideas. And the goal is to become permanent uh, possessors of power where they can do whatever they want to do. And part of that, what they want to do is to use climate change to institute an electronic society, which if they ever want to, they could throw the switch and everybody would be out of luck. This is very, very, very dangerous stuff. We must have a change in Washington. We must take the time not only just to register to vote, but to go out there and to vote Republican or independent, but never, ever, ever, ever for a Democrat, because this is how they became powerful people blindly blindly uh-huh. voting for Democrats. Now Pennsylvania when they had uh, they added the uh, voter registration with the driver's license I'm sure that most of those people are going to end up being registered as Democrats. And once they're registered, whether they vote or not, uh, or know it or not, they're going to be voting. And this is just another step in the direction of of, uh, permanent power. And of course, if they let these illegals get driver's licenses, they're going to be automatically registered to vote, even though they're totally illegal. Uh, these, These people just don't care. It's just all about power. And we must, we must, we must stand up against it. Okay, Dr. Bill Chobie, uh for Liberty in America, Past, Present, and Future. This is episode 10 of Liberty Lights. Um, I encourage you to pick up a copy of my book where you can read the foundation of what uh, all these comments that I've been making and, and perhaps you can have a working knowledge of what it is to be an American from it and to have a full understanding of why we are who we are, and why we're so different, and why we're so successful, and why we've been so blessed. The, uh, it's available on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble. It's also available at Ewings, Ewings Publishing, E W I N G S Publishing.com. It's also available through my website, Dr. Bill Choby Books, dot com. It's drbillchobybooks.com. And uh, while you're there on my website, uh, please send a note if you have some comments. I appreciate hearing back from everybody. So for now, um, thanks for listening in, and I hope we didn't ramble in too many directions. But just remember, never vote for a Democrat. Thank you.